Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the September 12th edition of the Ag, of the monthly Ag Market Network Cotton uh, Teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy, the moderator. Our program is sponsored by BASF. As everybody knows, BAS, BASF is they are the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed, and we are we appreciate everything they do to to make this program possible. Uh, today we're being led by Dr. John Robinson. John, thanks for being with us and leading us and giving us your thoughts on the market. All right, uh, thank you. I'm going to start with the with the world numbers, uh, just kind of briefly summarizing. They uh, compared to last month, USDA raised overall world production 1.4 million bales. Um, I would say the majority of that was the U.S., which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, they also raised production in Australia, China, and Turkey. To nobody's surprise, they reduced it in Pakistan and a few other places. Uh, so one, 1. 1.4 million bales increase world production. World consumption was down a little less than a half a million bales, and it was reduced also in Pakistan, I would say probably for you know physical reasons and for Vietnam for maybe just economic reasons. Um, the trade adjustments looked to me like they were mostly mostly offsetting, and the the bottom line of the world adjustments compared to last month was that ending stocks were two million bales higher. So these these increases in production dominated any reductions in the in the consumption. Two million bales higher ending stocks in the world, 900,000 of which was was the U.S. So let me, let me focus there on, the, well, let me just wrap up. Before I leave the world, I I always like to look real quick at our competitors. So Australia, they they had an increase, 250,000 bales in beginning stocks. They had that half million bale increase in production and 200,000 bales of increased exports. Brazil had a reduction in ending stocks, or sorry, carry-in, and a reduction in their exports of 700,000. China had a little bit lower beginning stocks and a half a million bale increase of production, which that doesn't exactly jibe with some reports I had been reading about dryness in China, but there it is. Um, India, they didn't really do much of anything. There was a 100,000 bale increase beginning stocks. They didn't adjust Indian production at all. I was kind of wondering to myself going in, you know, the reports of rain, excess rain in the west central regions of India, whether that was a net plus or minus for production. It, it, so far, USDA is treating it like a wash. But Pakistan, where we've heard, you know, reports of devastating flooding, devastating their agriculture and big loss of life, there they had a big drop in, in production, 700,000 bales and 200,000 bales increased imports and reduced consumption, too. So, um, they're trying to sort out just that whole situation there in the numbers, and it's still early. I'm sure there'll be more adjustments to come. Uh, focusing on the U.S., um, U.S. U.S. changes month over month were a bit of a surprise uh, to me, anyway. Um, on the production, on the supply side, they raised beginning stocks. Um, somewhat from what 3.5 million to 3.75 million 250,000 bales they said they made that adjustment to jive with both AMS data and NAS data on stocks so there was that 
Then they raised U.S. production, which was driven mainly by an increase in planted acres. I, I wasn't really expecting that, but uh, they increased planted acres by 1.31 million. That is from 12.5 to 13 point, almost 13.8 increase in planted acres. They didn't say the source of that. Um, at least I, I missed it. If they if they said where that came from, I would assume it would have to be um, jibing with FSA certified acres, unless there was planted acres in some of the other surveying that USDA was was doing, or maybe even an RMA source. But like I say, I, I missed it, so I'll ask the other panelists to see if they saw the source of that or the reasons given for that increase in planted acres. Um, having done that, they effectively raised um, – uh, harvested acres, but it was because they just they kept the same abandonment rate that they had last month, 43%. So now they're applying 43% abandonment to a higher acres and coming up with eight million harvested. We saw a minor cut in average yield per acre from eight, 846 to 843. Um, so all of that effectively raised production by 1.26 million bales. Now, I'll remind everybody, that's after a 3 million bale cut in production last month. To be honest, I, I, I didn't really see this coming, although there was, there was part of sort of my inner contrarian was thinking to myself, you know, I, what, if, you know what if USDA went too far in August and kind of had to backtrack? Or, I thought that a few weeks ago. Um, so anyway, they did. They they apparently went went too far out on a limb, and and, and now with actually I, I would say this in their defense with with better data, with more complete data, uh, they're they're backing up a little bit and backing off that three million bale cut from last time. Uh, anyway, so the the production is up one point two six, and the uh, supply the total supply effectively was raised a little over one and a half million bales. Uh, on the consumption side, domestic consumption was unchanged, and exports were raised 600,000 bales, which really in this pride, there's more to export, so they are, from 12 to 12.6. So that all worked out to raise ending stocks from 1.8 million to 2.7 million, a 900,000 bale um, increase. Uh, that's kind of the summary of it. Pat, you'd have to tell me what the market's done, because I've been in a car all day. Um, like I say, USDA backing off, reversing themselves a little bit. Uh, in hindsight, isn't isn't that great of a surprise? You know, they were they were pretty bold last month, and now they're kind of zeroing in on a more accurate number. Um, and the last thing I'll say in that regard is, I want folks to remember we've got more data coming in for what they did uh, belt-wide, that is in major cotton states where they did field samples for uh, actual you know, proven yield kind of stuff, they're going to do that again. I think they do it on the same sites in the same fields. They're going to do it in October, November, December. So there's more of that data coming. And then we've got Jennings data to, to throw in there. So the picture should be increasingly, um, increasingly clarified and accurate as, as we go forward. So that's that's what I had to share, Pat. I'll hand it back to you. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned you asked about the market today, and we'll open it up to everybody. But I'll just let you know. At one point today, December cotton got up about 300 on the day early, earlier in the day before the report. It got to 108.10 in December, 
And then the report came out, and uh, we dropped all the way down and got down about 250 on the day. And uh, uh, then we turned back up, and we closed and settled December up 87 at 105.71. So we had close to a 600-point range from high to low and still managed to close back up on the day. So, I, you know, a lot of volatility in, in this. I don't think... I think a lot of people thought we'd probably see an increase in production from previous from the previous month, but I don't think anybody thought it would be this amount. And uh, so anyway, let's just open it up to everybody to give it, you know to give perspective their perspective on on this report and the market. Uh, Pat, this is Gerald. You know, uh, last month uh, I sort of felt like that that was going to be the lowest production number we saw all year, and I'm I haven't quite convinced myself of this, but this may be the largest production number we see all year. Um, <laughs> the uh, so I, you know, I guess it could grow a little bit, but you know, it's. Um, it, and it may depend on how many of these irrigated acres get to be plowed up, you know, in, in that, the West that's, Texas. That's the question. That, that's the question. And, and I have no idea whether they're just waiting on RMA data when it comes in, or do they, do they, have, do they have it kind of figured in in some kind of a forecast? You know, by this time of the year, we typically have this percent of acres are failed. I, I don't know if they sort of have a feel for that or they're trying to anticipate it or they're just going to wait for RMA data to come in on failed acres. No way. What are you thinking? Well, I, I'm basically thinking from a price perspective. Obviously, we're trying to get to $1.08, $1.10 now. And I think it's market's got about a dollar and fifteen cent cap on it, uh, simply because of the lack of demand. And I would have said that the low would have been a dollar and six or seven cents, but the low now we can drop down to a dollar and a penny, uh, maybe maybe a flat dollar. But uh, it's it's just a market without demand and 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 the supply is growing so yes pressure i'm excited to see that the market is holding positive if in fact i well and it did from what you said with respect to the close uh with this report we did still gain a little bit even though we had wild swings thank you well the markets uh there were other markets trading, and, and soybeans were up on the day. Uh, and, and not that we – sometimes those the other ag markets can kind of help cotton a little bit. Soybeans were up 76. Corn was up 11. Wheat was down about 12. But most of these markets were up today, energy up, stock market up. And oftentimes those can reach over and kind of influence the cotton market, and I think that probably happened today. Uh, but uh, – Anyway, I, uh, I, I. Any other comments uh, on this? Uh, I have on one. Report. Go ahead. Well, I, you always mentioned demand. When can somebody remind me when we're expecting to see export sales data again? The fifteenth Thursday. This this okay okay good. 
That's not we've had this gap. Full lamp, or is it? We, we've had this gap for a month, you know, just not not having it. It's just kind of incredible. Gerald, you said Thursday. Are they going to catch up entirely, or are they going to leg it in? It's my understanding that they're going to get caught up entirely. Everybody went back to the legacy system, and I think that okay. they're going to cram in, what, three weeks' worth of information in there. Okay. And I, good. And I think it could be pretty good. I mean, if you look at the on call, if you look at on call sales over the last couple of weeks, I mean, we've had over half a million bales, I think, just to the 22, 23 crop year in, in on call sales between December and, and July. So, you know, there, that should mean something for <laughs> for export sales. <laughs> well, yeah, what there's something like nine million bales out there on call. I think, isn't that yeah. right? You, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Yeah. So that's a lot of cotton. <laughs> well, yeah, this would be the, what, third year in a row that we face this, and it pretends higher prices, but uh, we've had better demand. Yeah. Yeah, we're almost 9.3 million bales um, okay. for December through July. Now, I, you know, the market came down. What last week, and so that could have gotten fixed pretty easily. But uh, of course, you know the nine million bales that was as as of nine two, and with the lower market last right. week, and maybe that's why we stopped falling. You know, it just got down to a point to where guys started fixing. So, um, yep. so I would think that I would think that we would see a pretty decent sales number on Thursday. Um, the uh, you know. I got a question today from somebody. Hey, you think that this uh, rail strike or potential rail strike could hurt cotton exports? Well, it could. You know, you've got cotton moving from Dallas over the West Coast on the intermodal. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, you got a rail system out of Lubbock that would be hauling cotton to Dallas. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you could see if we get a rail strike, you you could see some disruptions in, in shipments on export shipments, which I guess you know it'd just be part and parcel with an entire year of trying to find a you know container or or a truck or a boat to put their container on or whatever. It's just more problems. It's my understanding that only Congress can step in and and stop that strike. The president doesn't have the authority, but that's just my understanding. But let me ask one more question, uh, just reflecting. What is biting me, and I have to admit I'm not quite understanding it, USDA reduced Brazilian exports by, what, 700,000 bales, left the crop the same in Brazil. And then it turned around and lowered, excuse me, increased U.S. exports on the basis of the a larger crop by not the same number, but almost the same number, 600,000 bales. Now, we have a very large, very fine, uh, very dominant ex, uh, warehouse industry. Brazil does not have that. So they're not going to store much more cotton. So I just, I'm struggling with why USDA would, would uh, reduce the Brazilian exports, which Brazil has a tends to tends to have a very high quality crop. 
Help me, Gerald. Help me, Kip. Help me, John. I don't know that I have a good explanation for that, O'Way, other than, you know, maybe it's a, a timing deal. Hey, maybe, they, you know, maybe they don't think they're going to get it. The shipments will be a little less prior to the end of July 31, and maybe they expect them to be a little larger August, September of 23. I, I, I don't know. Okay. That's all right. I don't either. <laughs> let's uh, let's just see. Let's open up these lines just to see if we've got some people that want to comment. Uh, if you're out there and you've got anything you want to say about the crop in your area, uh, please come on and and you can you can make a statement or ask a question of our group. Hold on just a second. Leaves it. All right, any, anybody out there got anything they'd like to say? You know, could be the high. Just have to wait and see. Anybody? Pat, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, this is Brad Ruffin. I'm 25. How serious is this bow rod issue we're hearing? You know, after the comment from the growers, sounds like it's pretty bad. And then the second part is, I don't know how in the world USDA would estimate what cotton's going to be plowed up here. It's it's going to be a lot. You know, there's just nothing on it. All right, let me let me cut the uh, let's remute these phones because we got a lot of static coming in. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a question about uh, the bow rot. I think there's been talk about it in the southern part of the Delta, but recently there's been talk about as much as 20% of the cotton lost in Georgia. Anybody of you guys, anybody got any comments on that? Any thoughts? Well, I, we, my, my, my thought is uh, philosophical more so than actual data. We hear bowl rot questions frequently, and I'm sure without question there's a very valuable cotton loss to bowl rot. And this year is worse than most years, in my opinion. It just seems to rain every day. If it doesn't, then it rains twice a day. Uh, So the conditions are very much favorable to bowl rot. That being said, we have just not been able to, the market has not been able to determine uh, historically that there is a significant, a measurable loss to bull rot. And we don't see it in the USDA monthly change typically. So we'll just, in my opinion, we're just going to have to wait for the yields every month to see because it's not something that tends to show up as a problem, though I hear it constantly. I don't want to, don't want to disrespect that comment and because it's, I've been on it a number of times. I've just become jaded with it, and I'm not sure I'm buying into it, but please prove me wrong. Just uh, Kip, I'm going to follow up with always Can't remember. Remember how many times I've heard that bull rot's going to have a huge impact, and to his point, I'm sure in some cases it does. 
but it always, one way or another, seems to be overstated at the end of the day. So I'm not saying ignore it, but let's be careful about putting too much on significant losses from bull rock. At least it's been my experience in the past. We hear a lot, but we sure don't seem to see it on the bottom line. So just for what it is, that's my two cents for that. What I've heard more of and what I think Brad Heffington was saying, which is certainly true up on the plains, is that a lot of cotton, a lot of irrigated cotton is going to be judged, you know, sized up by insurance adjusters and and some of it may get plowed up. I've heard just anecdotal stuff I heard this morning from somebody who'd been touring around with an industry group, you know, similar sounding things from, you know, Kansas further north and from South Texas, Coastal Bend, Upper Coast region, some, some places where I wouldn't have expected really low yields because of, you know, drought loss, drought damage, like the Upper Coast, um, you know, I'm hearing that story about, you know, people getting in the field and just not finding as much as they expected to. So that, this has nothing to do with bull rod. It, has, it just has to do with cotton that may not make it all the way um, to harvest. And, you know, we'll see. Okay. I, I think that question had to do with an article. Uh, I believe it was an article that came out this weekend from Georgia. Uh, and it seemed to have a little bit more credibility than other things that we've seen, and I think that was that was what that was about. Uh, so anyway, uh, have we got any other comments from our group before we go around? Ask for everybody's uh, thoughts on price projections. Okay. Uh, so Oway, you you've given us your figures. You, you, did you say I think 101 to the downside as much as a, maybe even a dollar, and to the upside you were thinking December getting up to 115? Is that right? Maximum. Yeah, that's my that's my max. Thank you. Uh, okay, uh, Kip, what are your what are your levels? Well, uh, I like the 115 for the top, but you know, as usual, I, I would tend to think that we if we're going to get to 101, it could easily get just below a dollar. I don't think you've got a whole lot of downside on that, simply because, as Gerald mentioned earlier, last crop, it's going to be hard to get that market down that far, given the kind of production and supply uncertainties we have. So my thoughts are call it 98 to 115. Okay. What about you, John? Uh, I was... Just kind of taking a lazy approach and putting twelve cent range over about one oh six, so that would be a dollar to a dollar twelve. All right, Gerald. Well, I, I like the you know always dollar to dollar one. There there seems to be pretty some pretty good technical support down in there. Let's say anywhere between a dollar and dollar two on the downside. Um, I still think we ought to see something above one ten. 115 seems to be, you know, key. You know, when we came down from, you know, the highs of 130, it seemed like we, we hit 115 and it really accelerated, you know, this last, and then we bounced up. And when we went back through 115, you know, ran up pretty, ran up to 119.59. And it was good buying that happened above 115. We came back down again. 
we hit down below 115, all the selling came in. So 115 definitely seems like a pivot point out here. So, you know, but uh, I think given the, the demand concerns out there, a little bit larger crop, you know, 115 ought to hold it. So, you know, a dollar to dollar fifteen. I'm 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 copying away here, which is is that a mistake away? <laughs> That's a huge mistake. If we're saying the same thing, something's wrong. We're bad wrong. We're, we're, we're all kind of we're all kind of on the same page, and you're right. That's a very dangerous thing. <laughs> probably not going to be in those prices at all after tomorrow. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh, Let's wrap this up. I guess we we want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, our thanks to BASF for making our this program possible. We appreciate them. Uh, John, thanks for leading us. Uh, and this concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you.